Hello, everybody. This is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjan with permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are on Chapter 4, The Quarrel Begins. Lucien lay under his large feather duvet and wished it was not time to get up. His bed was so warm and the air outside was so cold. He sighed and cuddled down again under the bedclothes. Lucien, his mother shouted, sounded rather angry, and Lucien jumped up in a hurry. This was the third time she had called him, and he had pretended not to hear. He could still get up and be, still, and be in time for school, although he would not have time to do the milking. But after all, if he didn't do the milking, his mother would have to do it, and these days she did it more often than not. Other boys don't have to milk because before they go to school, muttered Lucien as he buttoned up his jacket. And I don't see why I should always have to work harder than any, everyone else just because I don't happen to have a father. He went downstairs looking sulky and defiant and sat down to gobble up his bread and his coffee. His mother came in from the stable where, when he was halfway through. Lucian, she said sharply, why don't you get up when I call you? It happens day after day. You're no help to me in the mornings at all. Your sister gets up early and goes off to work without any fuss. I know other boys have fathers, but we only have three cows, and we can't live without them. You're a big, strong boy now, and it's shameful that you should leave all the early work to me like this. Lucien scowled. I work at night, he whined, and I never get any play. I, I have to fetch in the wood, and I have, to, I have further up the hill to go, come than any of the others, and I fetch down the fodder for you and clean the shed on, the, on Saturdays. His mother sniffed. I... I've usually done most of it, all of it, by the time you get home from school, she replied. I know you don't get as much time in the winter as other children, but I do all I can. This, is early, this early morning milking is wearing me out, and you're quite old enough to do it now, and in the future you've got to get up properly. Now hurry off, or you'll be late for school. Lucien struggled into his coat and turned away with a sulky goodbye. He unhitched the sled and went whizzing away in the frosty dark. Except for the smooth sound of the sled runners, the world was quite silent, as if it was holding its breath before the coming of dawn. Usually, Lucien felt in awe of the greatness of it, but today he was too cross to think about it. It's so unfair, he muttered. Everybody's against me. It's not my fault I don't get my lessons done properly. I, I'm, I'm always having to work at home. It's reading today, and I suppose I'll be in the bottom again, and that show-off Annette Vernet will be on top. I bet she doesn't have to milk cows before school. Oh! He tried to stop, but it was too late. He had reached the fork in the path, and he had been too busy feeling cross that he had not looked where he was going. He had bumped straight into Annette's sled sideways on and sent her right into the ditch. It was a careless sledding, and Lucien crimson in the face, truly upset, jumped off his sled to help, but Annette was before him. She had never liked Lucien much, and she was badly shaken. She turned on him, waist-deep in snow, her eyes blazing. You great dummy donkey, she shouted, half crying. Can't you look where you're going? Look at my book. My work is all smudged and torn. I shall tell the master it's all your fault. Lucien, who was never good at keeping his temper, lost it all at that point. All right, he shouted back. There's no need to make such a fuss. I didn't do it on purpose. Anybody would think I'd killed you instead of tearing your old exercise book. It won't hurt you to lose your marks. I'm going on. 
so he jumped onto his sled and whizzed away, arriving just in time for school. Inside, he, he felt really bad about it, but his manners were never really good at the best of times, and he tried not to think of what he had done. She's only got to get out, he muttered, and I don't suppose she would have let me help her in any case. Thank goodness I'm in time for school. I've been late twice this week already. But getting out of that snowdrift was, was a different matter from getting in, and poor Annette had quite a struggle. By the time she had managed to get herself out and collect her books, she was really crying, crying with cold and shock and sore knees, and most of all, crying with rage. When she crept into the school a quarter of an hour later, her eyes were red, her nose was blue, and her poor raw hands and knees were grazed and bleeding. With her torn, wet books, she looked a sorry sight. Annette, said the master, quite concerned, what has happened to you, my child? For a few seconds, Annette fought hard with the temptation to tell tales, but the sight of Lucian sitting so smug and safe in his desk was just too much for her. It was Lucian, she bursted out angrily. He knocked me into the ditch and went off and left me. I couldn't get out. She stuffed her knuckles into her eyes and began to cry again. She was really very badly shaken and oh, so angry. The class all felt sorry for her and angry with Lucian, who hung his head and looked very sullen indeed. The master caned Lucian for behaving in such an unkind way, which cheered Annette up and made her feel much better. Later, when the marks were read out, Annette came out on top and felt better still. Lucian came out on the bottom and was told to stay in and do extra work after school. So he sat through the, the morning school and the lunchtime with the others and came back to afternoon school and sat on along with what, when the others had gone. All the time, the rage and the hatred and the bad temper in his heart were getting bigger and bigger till he felt as if he were going to burst. At last, he was, let out, he was let out from school and wandered up the hill, dragging his sled behind him. What a terrible day it had been. His mother had been cross with him, and Ned had told tales about him, and the master had caned him, and he, he came out on bottom. Was ever a boy so badly treated? The shadows of the fields were strangely blue that night. High up in the mountaintops were still sunlit, with ragged wisp of cloud trailing about them. The quietness of the mountains seemed to hold out its arms to Lucian. Children and nature are very close together, and often nature's silence can do more to heal anger unhappy children than any human words can. So as he trudged up the hill, Lucian's anger began to change to a sort of weary misery. Thinking he was alone, he stuffed his knuckles into his eyes and began to cry a little. Then he suddenly discovered he was not alone. He was again at the place where the path divided, and a little boy was standing in the snow looking at him in great astonishment. A happy, rose-cheeked, bright-eyed little boy, his fair hair stuck out like a thatch from under his woolly cap, and his face glowing with a good, good health and good humor. It was Danny, making a snowman. He had just put on the head when his, and was arranging the eyes. It was the best snowman Danny had ever made, and he was just about to fetch Annette to look at it. Why are you crying, asked Danny. I'm not crying, retorted Lucian, angry. Oh, you are, replied Danny, and I know why. It's because the master came to you, Annette told us. He did not mean to be cruel, but he was, he, for he was an unusually kind little boy. But Lucian had been nasty to Annette, and that to Danny was quite unforgivable. Lucian's temper flared up instantly, and he lifted his foot to kick Danny's snowman into little bits. 
Danny lifted up his voice and gave a loud howl of alarm and disappointment. Annette, crossing from the shed, saw what was happening in an instant. She fled down the path like a young tigress, slapped Lucien full in the face, and Lucien lifted his hand to hit her back, but the sight of Monsieur Bernet coming out of the chalet with a bucket made him think better of it. Everything was clearly against him. Sneak! Telltale! Coward! shouted Lucien. Baby! Coming into school crying like that! Great rough bully! shouted back Annette, leaving me in a ditch like that and then kicking poor Danny's snowman. He never did you any harm. Why can't you leave him alone? I'm jolly glad you were caned. Come on, Danny, come home. She marched angrily off, off up to the path, with Danny trotting behind her. At the door of the chalet, she turned and noticed a patch of pink sky behind the far mountains. Once the grandmother had taught her a text in the Bible which said, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. She suddenly thought of it now. There was still time. Lucien was still there. After all, it was nasty of her to have told tales, and she hesitated. But he's been much worse than she had been, and it was up to him to say he was sorry. If she asked him to forgive her, it would seem as if she was to blame, and of course she wasn't. Oh, no, not in the least. She went in and slammed the door behind her. Lucien went home slowly with his face stinging from that slap, more furious than it had been all day long. But as he walked, he glanced up and noticed a wonderful thing. The clouds had come up in a purple bank, blotting out the mountain behind his home. But just in one spot they had broken, and in that gap, Lucien could see the snowy crest, radiant with a golden light. He used the winter sunsets, He used, but the beauty of this one made Lucien catch his breath and look again. The pure high radiance suddenly made his anger seem a poor small thing, not worth hanging on to. How nice it would be to start again. There was still time to catch Annette if he ran. But no, Annette was a show-off and would probably take no notice of him. And anyhow, why should he apologize to a girl? So, because neither would be the first to forgive, the quarrel began. A quarrel that was to last for a very long time and was to bring with it a great deal of unhappiness for both of them. As Lucian stood there thinking, a cloud blew across the gap and the radiant mountainside, mountaintop was hidden from view. And tomorrow it will be chapter five and the accident. I love you and I'm praying for you and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.